Welcome to Faith Westwood's worship service. My name is Holly Timberlake. I'm the Director of Adult and Family Discipleship. Whether you are joining us for worship in person, on Facebook, or online, we just want you to know we are so glad that you are here with us today. During this service, we will have music, scripture reading, a message from Miss Leah, a children's message, and Pastor Steve will kick off the fall sermon series with Be Weak, Be Strong, Be Long. If you are wondering, it's not too late to join our faith groups. We are following along Paul for Everyone, 2 Corinthians by N.T. Wright. If you are interested in joining a faith group, we have groups that are meeting in person and online. You can contact me, holly.timberlake at faithwestwood.com. Now, we encourage you to take a deep breath and continue to worship. And we pray that you receive a word from the Lord.
Good morning, boys and girls. Miss Leah here. If you're here worshiping with us in 3D, I want you to wave at me. I'm so excited to see you today. And if you're joining us online, that's great too. Remember, no matter where you're joining us from today, here in person or online, you're exactly where God wants you to be. So let's get going. Do you know what the word comfort means? It means to ease or lessen pain. And when do we need to be comforted? Well, when we're sad or lonely or disappointed or maybe even mad or grieving, there's lots of times when we need comfort. And how do we comfort ourselves? Well, as an adult, I like to wrap up in a nice soft blanket, my favorite blanket, or put on a nice soft comfy, comfy sweatshirt. I think as a child, it can be different though. When my daughter Jameson was little, she had this tiny little blankie that she called Silky. And she took Silky with her everywhere she went. In fact, we would have been in big trouble if we would have lost Silky. So we bought like six of them so that we would never be without Silky. What are your comfort items that you turn to? This week I had your parents send me some pictures of you and your comfort items. The blankies, the stuffed animals, the toys, the things that you turn to to make you feel better when you are sad or angry or disappointed. So here are some of the pictures that I received. those pictures of you and your favorite comfort items. I even heard a story about how a special comfort friend got left behind in Colorado and had to be shipped home to its owner. That's how special these things are to us. So how do these blankies and stuffed animals and toys make us feel? Well, they help us to feel comforted and loved and it helps to make us feel better too. And I believe that God, who is the ultimate comforter of us all, knows that when we touch or hold these special things that we can feel his love surrounding us and comforting us and God wants us to feel comforted and loved all the time but you know what else he wants us to know about it he wants us to share that love and comfort with others he wants us to be able to comfort others when they are sad or lonely or disappointed or angry or grieving because we've been there and been comforted too. So how can we comfort others? Well, we can talk to them. We can make them a card. We could uh, video message them. We could make some food for them. We could give them a comfy blanket. And did you know that Faith Westwood has a special prayer blanket ministry to where we can get blankets specifically for that reason, to comfort others. And after COVID's over, we can hug them again too, and we can always pray for them. So this week, talk to your family about your favorite comfort items and how you feel when you can hold them and touch them. And then how can you share that kind of comfort with others too? 
So after children's time is over, be sure to go to the links on the Faith at Home page at faithwestwood.com or check out the links in this morning's email that came out. And check out the brand new Pete and Repeat show. You won't want to miss it. And if you're in worship with us today, be sure to, to pull out the I Spy activity page and it's in your activity bag and play a little game while you're sitting in your pew. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and always smile upon you. And all God's kids said, Amen. I can't wait to see you again next week. I love you. Bye. The scripture today is from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the great troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope, and he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Hi, everybody. Before I start the message, I want to address some questions. Uh, why are we reopening now? Why not two or three months ago? What has changed since then? Well, I think those are, are fair questions, especially because uh, when we set this day a few weeks ago, the virus spread was still at kind of medium high in Douglas County. Uh, the results for this week, though, are looking more encouraging. Uh, the numbers and percentages of positive cases seem to be uh, slanting down. I'm especially pleased to see that uh, reopening schools did not lead to a surge. So why did we wait until now? Well, three, three reasons. First, uh, results of two surveys that we sent out to all of you led us to believe that only 10 to 12 percent of you were ready at that time to come back to in-person worship with all the precautions that we'd had have in place. Um, and in-person wor worship would be a huge investment for such a small number of people. Second, participation in our pre-recorded online worship remained really strong. 
I better than I expected. And third, I didn't believe we'd be able to sustain doing both pre-recorded online worship and in-person worship and do them both well. Uh, that is a lot to pull off and it would be hard to have the mus musicians available we'd need for it. But now we're getting closer to having live streaming ready to go. And in coming weeks, we'll gradually have more in-person elements at our in-person worship. And also, I think I just have to say that I want to thank you. Uh, it's amazing your support, your encouragement, your giving has remained strong over these last six months. Um, so, you know, we had finance committee meeting Thursday night, and it was expressed just how wonderful it is that you have all stayed so faithful in your giving over this time. All right, let's, let's take a moment and pray. Lead on, Lord Jesus. This is your church. You made it. You're still making us into your deep, daring daily disciples. Keep doing your good work in us. Fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. Teach us the wisdom of your word. Then send us out into the world to represent you. Extend your reign of grace and truth so that all may know you and receive salvation in your name. Amen. Every December, I have a little tradition. I watch the TV special, A Christmas Carol, the one with Patrick Stewart playing Scrooge. Uh, we all know the story. The, the ghost of his partner, Jacob Marley, comes to him and urges him to change his life. But, of course, Scrooge isn't going to listen. He doesn't want to hear that by his greed and unkindness, he has been forging chains that he will have to carry and that will burden him in the next life. Scrooge says, Speak comfort to me, Jacob. And Marley replies, I have none to give. After visitations by three spirits, Scrooge wakes up Christmas morning a changed man. In this version, Scrooge stops by a church where people are singing Christmas carols. God rest you, merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born upon this day. And Scrooge, sings boldly the chorus, O tidings of comfort and joy, O tidings of comfort and joy. So Scrooge has received the comfort that Jacob Marley could not give him. And now you see comfort and joy on his face. You hear them in his voice. He has repented. His heart has changed. He has found comfort. Comfort. That's our word for today. We, we use that word in a lot of different ways, don't we? Uh, you buy a new mattress, you're interested in what? Comfort. After work or school, you come home and you put on your sweats. You're looking for what? Comfort. You dive into a big pile of macaroni and cheese. What kind of food is it? Comfort. Of course, too much comfort isn't a good thing. What if we get comfortable with our bad habits? What if we turn to the wrong places for our comfort? Today we start our fall series going through the Apostle Paul's letter, second letter to the Corinthians. We're calling the series, Be Weak, Be Strong, Be Long. This letter has some surprising things to say about weakness and strength for those who belong to Jesus. After the opening, 
Paul begins his letter praising God. Verse 3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all what? Comfort. Today, we're building the, the idea, the big idea as we go. Here's the first part. God comforts us in all our troubles. That's huge, isn't it? I mean, when, to say that God comforts us in all our troubles means that the Lord is walking with us every day and we're walking with Him. We've seen the word comfort before in the Bible. Some of you may remember on March 1st, our scripture for the day was the 23rd Psalm. And the psalm writer, probably King David in uh, 1000 BC, he recalls uh, times of walking through life's dark valleys. But he knows he's not alone. His shepherd is with him. David prays, your, your rod and your staff, they what? They comfort me. Then in 586 BC, the people of Jerusalem are conquered and taken into chains in Babylon. But God promises that one day they will come home. And God tells the prophet, comfort. Comfort my people. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for. And in the last chapter of the book of Isaiah, God again speaks to his people. The Lord says, as a mother comforts her children, so will I comfort you. God comforts us in all our troubles. We get the same message in the New Testament. Jesus says he is our comforter. He said the Holy Spirit is also our comforter. And it turns out it's the whole Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bringing us the comforts of salvation. Uh, Paul writes to his friends in Corinth about the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort. You see, we are not comforted in the absence of troubles. We are comforted in the presence of our troubles. Paul's had a real up-and-down relationship with these people. In the early 50s, he, he traveled to Corinth and proclaimed Jesus in the city, and some people became believers and followed the Lord. Paul stayed with them a year and a half, teaching them, growing them up in the faith. Sometime after he left, he learned that they were having problems. They were divided over who was their favorite teacher. And instead of loving each, other, loving each other, they were competing over who was the most spiritual. And there was at least one person who was doing some sexually immoral stuff. How do they deal with that? So Paul sat down, wrote him a letter, which in our Bibles we call 1 Corinthians. Sometime later, Paul gets more disturbing news. Somehow he's fallen out of favor with a lot of the sisters and brothers in Corinth. And we know that kind of thing happens once in a while. I, I know of a church in another state where a few people started campaigning to get rid of their pastor. And they, made, they were mean. They made life so hard for him, and he, he left. And it seems that here in Corinth, while Paul is gone, so some of them started campaigning against him. Why are they doing that? Well, here's one possibility. In ancient times, uh, people often assumed that if, if someone was suffering, 
it meant they must have done something to deserve it. If someone lands in jail, it was assumed that they were getting what was coming to them. If they were robbed or shipwrecked or beaten in a riot, it was easy to, to assume that somehow they must have brought it on themselves or it wouldn't have happened. So, here in the beginning of the letter, Paul sets the record straight. Life doesn't work that way. Troubles are not evidence of God's displeasure. Troubles are opportunities. They're times when we can experience God's comfort the most. Verse 4 talks about God who comforts us in all our troubles. Does it say that, that God comforts us just sometimes or just in some of our troubles? No. It says that God comforts us in all our troubles. God is ready to comfort you in your anxieties, in your frustrations, in your problems, in impossible situations. Are you ready to receive that comfort? Years ago, someone confessed to me something that she had done. It was, it was pretty bad. It was illegal. It was immoral. And it hurt others, and it put them at risk. I urged her to turn herself in. And of course, I knew it would be hard, but and she would, she would face some serious consequences, but she wouldn't do it. She refused. And I thought, now what do I do? So I prayed over it. I consulted with my district superintendent. And the next morning, I decided that I would report the incident without reporting her. I was trying to walk a fine line there. But before I did, I learned that someone else reported the incident and her. Well, somehow, she blamed me lashed out at me, and, and it stung badly. I found it personally kind of hard to shake that off. And I, I second-guessed myself. I wondered if I, I could have handled this situation better than I did. And the, the whole mess was just dragging me down. Well, she had also confessed to another couple in our church, and the next day the husband came over and said, let's go, let's go for a walk. And while we walked, we talked a little bit, and I don't remember all of the conversation, but I remember he said this, we'll get through this, you know, and we'll get through even harder things than this. Somehow his presence, walking with me, his words of reassurance comforted me. N.T. Wright uh, wrote the devotional commentary on 2 Corinthians that we're offering to everyone. Make sure you get a copy if you'd like one. And we'll be using it throughout this series. He says, the whole idea of the word comfort in the Bible is one that, that uh, one person is being with another, speaking words which change the mood and the situation, giving them courage, new hope, new direction, new insights, which will alter the way they face the next moment, the next day, and the rest of their life. And receiving comfort prepares us to then give comfort. That's what Paul says in verse 4. He praises the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that, what, say it with me, the last part, will you? So that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. God wants to create a chain reaction of comfort. So now let's add that to our big idea. God comforts us in all our troubles so we can comfort others. 
The 15th anniversary of my nephew Brian taking his life is this week. I don't, I don't know that you ever get over a loss like that, but I can say that my brother and sister-in-law have received God's comfort. And God uses them to comfort others who've been through the same thing. What we find so often is that your calling comes out of your suffering. If you've been through addiction, who will you want to help? People struggling with addiction. If you're a cancer survivor, who will you be eager to reach out to? People fighting cancer. If you've come through domestic abuse, who, who does your heart go out to? People who are dealing with the same thing you've been through. God comforts us in all our troubles so we can then comfort others. One thing everybody learns uh, with computers is how to copy and paste. It's pretty one of the basic lessons you learn. After a while, you use the shortcuts uh, so you can do it even faster. On, on my PC, it's Control-C to copy and Control-V to paste. And God wants you to copy and paste comfort. When God com comforts you in your troubles, comfort then someone else in their troubles. And how much comfort is God able to give us? Well, the answer is, as much as we need. That's what it says in verse 5. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also, also our comfort abounds through Christ. Let me say that again. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. Sufferings abound, and so do our comforts through Christ. The more we suffer, the more God will comfort us. Part of the reason Paul says this is because he doesn't want the Corinthian Christ followers to look down on him because of his suffering. He says that his troubles are really, in the end, for their benefit. When they, receive, uh, when they see him receive the comforts of Christ in his troubles they'll learn how to do the same, to, to receive those comforts in their own lives. Now, what trouble is Paul talking about? Let's go down and look at verses 8 and 9. He says, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under a great deal of pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. Now, what's he talking about? Well, we don't know for sure, but to me, the most reasonable explanation comes from Acts chapter 19. Paul has come from Corinth, gone to the Roman province called Asia, which is where Turkey is today, spent two years in the city of Ephesus. While he was in Ephesus, so many people came to believe in Jesus that the local idol makers of the goddess Artemis, also known as Diana, they, they felt the pinch in their business. Sales were declining. And so they raised a big stink and got everybody in Ephesus mad and agitated, and they organized a protest in the big outdoor theater there in Ephesus. Well, it quickly turned into a riot, and, and, and they couldn't find Paul, so they grabbed a couple of his helpers. And it looked like there might even be a lynching. Two hours they chanted, shouted, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. 
Paul was afraid for his friends when he learned what had happened. He wanted to go out and speak to the crowd, but the other disciples said, no way. An official who was a friend of Paul's also sent him a message, don't go in there. But Paul still wanted to go into the theater and try to talk to them, knowing they might kill him. At least there might be a chance then that they would release his friends. And then something happened no one expected. The city clerk of Ephesus got up and spoke to the crowd, and he calmed them down and said that if charges were brought forth, they could be handled in a legal manner and not by mob rule. And amazingly, they listened, and everybody went home. Well, that might be what Paul is referring to when he tells the, the Corinthians about his experience in the province of Asia where he and his friends feared for their lives. But they learned that day to rely on God on a deeper level than maybe ever before. The rest of verse 9 says, But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. Reminds me of the book, of uh, the verse in the book of James where it says to rejoice in our trials. Why? Because we know that's when we grow in our faith. Troubles lead to better trusting. So now, uh, we add the last layer to our big idea. God comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others and learn to rely on God and not ourselves. You say it with me? Let's try it. God comforts us in all our troubles so we can comfort others and learn to rely on God and not ourselves. Relying on ourselves, that's kind of what Americans are known for, isn't it? or at least we think we should be. We, we like to imagine ourselves as self-reliant. Um, and of course, sometimes I would ask, well, how's that working out for you? You know, in 1862, the war, the Civil War, was not going well for the Union Army. It must have been a terrible time to be president. Many would say that, you know, we would say that Abraham Lincoln was one of our wisest pres presidents, but you know, I think these are times that would break just about anybody. During one of those deeply troubling times, Lincoln said, I have been driven many times upon my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. My own wisdom and that of all about me seemed insufficient for the day. I don't know about you, but those words really ring in my heart. I, I think about, you know, trying to, to lead a church and prepare messages every week, and I realize that, you know, my wisdom is insufficient for the day. But like Abraham Lincoln and like a lot of us, I, want to, I need to rely on God and not myself. I'd like to end with a time of guided prayer. And so as we pray, I feel free to close your eyes if you want, look out a window, or gaze at the image on the screen. Let's pray. Oh God, you know the troubles I've seen. You know the things that trouble me today. I silently name some of them before you now.
Lord, I'm amazed that you care about me and my troubles. You're, you're so intimately acquainted with me, right down to the hairs on my head. And I want to hear you say to me now, as a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. Lord God, I quiet my soul in your presence. Speak to me, reassure me, remind me of your promises. Even now, I open my soul to receive your comfort. Father of compassion, I ask you to forgive my failings and transform me from the inside out. As a potter shapes the clay, I yield to you to shape me. In your name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen.
Our hope is that you receive comfort during this service. Our prayer is that you would bring that comfort to someone around you this week. Please do not forget to stop by faithwestwood.com forward slash service. Fill out a connection card where you can give us your prayer request. You can also give to our 2020 vision, which continues the ministry of us becoming deep, daring, and daily disciples. Our mission offering this week is for Faith Works Pantry. The pantry is open on the third Wednesday from five to seven and the fourth Saturday from 10 to noon. Every time I volunteer and serve at the pantry, I am met with gratitude and appreciation for all that you do. Thank you so much for making this pantry such an important vital ministry of Faith Westwood. In seven days, we will be here again to worship the Lord. We will see you next week.